This is an SM Media production. Hello folks and welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Football Show right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPike, host again, delighted to be here. I'm joined this week again by Mark Wilson, who was the unsung hero of the Old Firm Show last week. Mark, thanks for coming on again, mate. How are you? Fine, thanks, Scott. Fine, thanks for asking me back on again. And it's great to be in the, the presence of greatness um, in Ayrshire uh, Junior Football. Greatness it is. The man, Mark Shankland. Rub shoulders are like Suarez. We're <laughs> rubbing shoulders way these days. Don't know, fucking name drop. <laughs> Junior legends. Family <laughs> mate, you well? I'm good, thanks yourself. Yeah, good mate. What's what's been happening? I what I can I start off with you? Like what's been happening with the obviously Auckland Lake was drawn for the junior league for the season. What's been obviously the chat if you can spill the beans and you're allowed to spill the beans then fill us in what's been happening? No, it's just uh, I think along with other teams, other other top teams in the in the juniors, it's you know, the the uh, West of Scotland League, but in the juniors is Auckland Lake, um, Pollock, Cumnock, Coburnie, Glen Afton, like big big teams, and and they were on the same boat. We've all pulled out. Uh, one, I think one of the main reasons is supporters. Uh, I think it's about players' welfare, etc. But um, I think one of the main reasons is supporters and, and the loss of income uh, that these clubs will, will have playing with no no fans. So uh, I think that was one of the main reasons. And do you obviously like we, I heard we can I heard the day Tommy was Tommy had an interview the day I think if I'm right in saying he was talking about his fear of losing a lot of players and loan and things like that. I think a couple of players have left. Like I think as you say, like come a few players have went and loaned to other clubs. Like do you? Has there been interest? Has there been can any players in your team can have been linked with moves away and things like that? Uh, I, there, there has. I think there always will be when obviously there's a, a chance uh, players coming available. If, if we're not playing for the season, then other teams will be like, oh, well, who could we maybe snaffle up and loan and and the likes. But uh, I don't think. I don't think that will be anything that, that interests the manager to, to let his players go. You've always got yeah. that if, if you let a player go go for a season and he enjoys it at that team as he as he want to come back and things like that. So that's what you've got to, got to watch for. But I don't think, as of now, I don't think that will be anything that, that interests the club. And are you, are you, how are you feeling about the whole thing like personally? Like, I just, honestly, it's tough, well, tough for MD, but I imagine for you it'll be extremely difficult. I, it's, it is, because some. Last year, just before it stopped, I was I was having quite a good season uh, myself, so it was frustrating to get stopped. But uh, we, in my own opinion, I didn't want to play the season under the current uh, restrictions and that, just with no fans and no dressing rooms, and we're coming in the the time of season that we're coming into. Like well, we've seen a lot a lot of games were called off at the weekend, and that was the first weekend of the season. Nice. Just to think. If say we're travelling up to Cumbernauld, Glasgow area, and and it's the wet, the rain's lashing down, and you're playing in like a boggy pitch, and then you've got to travel down the road, and you've got a squad of eighteen, twenty players. See, if you can only strip sixteen. And you've got to bring two boys along, and and they're not getting uh, no getting stripped and things like that. I just think there's too many complications. But now that I've sat back and seen everybody else play, I'm 
itching, <laughs> itching to play again. So it's uh, it's a strange situation, one that they never thought they would find nah. themselves in. No, no way. But uh, I'm just going to ask you one thing together. Like, you're both called Mark. I've just kind of twigged how what you want to be called for this. The purposes of this before confusion sets in. I'll let uh, Mark with a C answer that for. I've been called a lot worse. Um, <laughs> so don't. And I'm, uh, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You call me. You can call me Wilson Pikey. He's did that at the college and that. So you call me Wilson. <laughs> I won't take any offence. Right, we'll go with Shankers for you, Mark. Aye, that's no, you can call him Mark because you're calling me something else. Aye, that's fine. Run with that. <laughs> that's fine. Perfect. Uh, we'll move, we'll basically, I want to kind of start with the, the Mark uh, Wilson. I want to touch on that. With, that's for you about Kilmarnock's kind of issues this week with coronavirus. Like, how do you feel about the kind of punishment they've been? Obviously, we don't know what the punishment is, but how do you feel about that whole situation with the Kilmarnock? I mean, I don't know that, that much about it, but t- to be honest, I think every team in Scottish football is going to end up in that predicament at some stage. Um, St Mirren have obviously been involved. There was early cases at, at Aberdeen with the players and all that. There's Bon Golly at Celtic. I think this will happen to every team. Now, if they set a precedent, okay, now obviously I don't want this to happen as a commander, man. If they turn in and say, right, Mother was awarded that game, okay. If that's the precedent, okay, right? If that happens and it comes to the 2nd of January and either Celtic or Rangers lose three points because one of the players' children's brought coronavirus home from school yeah. and they've caught it and infected it, are they, are they going to dock Rangers and Celtic three points in the pursuit of this historic season regardless of what happens, whether it's 10 in a row or 55? Mm-hmm. Is that going to happen? Absolutely not. Okay, so I, I don't I don't think they'll be able to control this or police this. Now, if they find out, for example, and I'm not saying this has happened, but say the commander players were in the same position as the Aberdeen players, then there has to be some sort of punishment. Yeah. But to find that out, where it came from, who contracted that, etc., I'm, I'm not buying into it. I think that the, the SFA have done very little in the last few years to gain any support or any affinity with any fans of club football. Mark, where do you kind of hang yourself? Like, obviously, I spoke to you a wee bit about, you know, you're a knocking leg man. But where do we kind of find ourselves? Like, how do we deal with teams that can't field a team? And should they, like, obviously, Kilmarnock get the punishment in the League Cup, but I think the rules were set beforehand for that competition. Aye, aye. That's not the case in the league. So how do we deal with the teams that can't field a team? Because we can't control that situation. There's no, no definitely not. But how would you would you kind of see like and would, uh, would you hold anything at junior level what, what was going to be happening if this it broke out? No, that that was as we go back to our point. That was one of the reasons as well. Like if uh, our level, like see if somebody contracts it and then you have like somebody in your team you're playing against somebody that that you're playing against them at the weekend and then they, you find out a week later that like they've uh, tested positive. And then, do you have to isolate for two weeks and possibly miss your work for for two weeks? Like, there's yeah. too many complications, I think. But at that level, like the players at, at full time level in SPL, they're they've got a uh, like they've got a responsibility. Like they're they're allowed to go and do like what they want, play play fit at the highest level. I think that 
that they've got to realise that they're in a privileged position and, and try and, I know it's hard, but try and live in as much a bubble as they can. Yeah. Like, they're fortunate enough to be playing every week, so to keep that going, they, they have to restrict themselves to, to, from stop themselves to, to going and doing things. I know it's I know it's hard under this situation, but see, uh, punishment-wise, I, I think it's got to be tough for, for the team. Everybody say in the squad or we've got development teams can players for development teams uh, step in uh, see see if nobody for a development team can step step up or the manager doesn't feel confident to play a player for a development team then what's the point of having a development team in the first place uh, if you know what I mean if he doesn't mm-hmm. think like some young boys are good enough to step up into a team then it kind of kind of what's the point of having having them at that level or, or even at at the club in the first place. I think the punishment thing, I think it's really harsh in, in Kilmarnock uh, and, and I think we will be taking action, rightly so. Like, it's, the cup, is the cup, uh, you said, touched on the cup. I think that the rules were already set out, but uh, the likes of uh, the Livingston game, Kilmarnock, fortunately, they never got it postponed because they went and won it, but uh, I think it'll be hard to take action against teams because it is a uh, mark Said at one point in the season or another, somebody for each team is gonna is gonna have it and and it will cause problems. But it's also touched the old firm. Will the SFA uh, have the the bottle to to clamp down on them the same as other teams? I would I would say say that they wouldn't. And if we get to the stage again where it's impossible to finish the season, I'll ask Wilson and us as well. Like, do you do you null and void it? I know we had this discussion at the end of last season when the old predicament was kicking off, but how different is it now? Because we've started the season, we've known that this is a big possibility that games are getting postponed. Since Marin Hamlet was postponed at the weekend, how do we fit, how do we solve that issue when it, if and possibly when it comes? I don't think there's a right right and wrong answer to this. Uh, just it's hard to you null and void like. They should have maybe set out something to say if the season no. doesn't go beyond this point, then it's null and void. If mm-hmm. it goes beyond, say they play three quarters of the season, then it, it it stands at that. Or if they play only play half the games, well, it's null and void or whatever. If they play three quarters of the game, uh, three quarters of the season, then the season stands or something. I think I think they should have maybe put something in place to, at the start of the season rules and and regulations for a. Uh, what happens but honestly I, I don't really know what, what they would do it's, their hands are tied to be honest if they do, do it one way somebody's going to complain if they do it the other way other teams are going to complain that they're in a, a lose-lose situation yeah, but they've chose to go ahead with the season so they're going to have to deal with like, whatever comes their way Well I, I agree with Mark 100% but my only issue is with it now Commander's game was uh, called off against Motherwell. So you've got your two-week isolation period or whatever it is. Now, there's no supporters in anyway. There's no police in anyway. Commander and Motherwell can play that game at two o'clock on a Monday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or three o'clock on a Thursday. It doesn't matter when they play it. Now, it gets a wee bit tougher if you get six, seven, eight games behind. But if the if what we believe is true about the virus, after the 14 days, etc., you know, as I say, Commander could easily play Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday for three weeks. If you look at what the old firm are doing, 
You know, they're going to be playing every weekend and every midweek for three weeks at a time with this Europa League. So I don't, I don't, I don't see the major force unless it's, you know, you're six, seven, eight games behind. You know, because you, you can play three games a week, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, let's touch on the, the games that took place over the weekend. We'll start with the game at Rugby Park. I'm sure, Mark, uh, Wilson, you want to touch on. Hibs beat Kilmarnock 1-0. Kevin Nisbet scored with a penalty. They move up, Hibs move up to third in the league. Kilmarnock are sitting fifth now. Obviously, it was kind of end-to-end game for both teams. Like, but did you think the kind of result was fair? Or obviously, the referees under a bit of criticism. But what was your overall thoughts in the game, Wilson? I don't think either team did enough to win the game, to be honest. I don't think the quality from the players that were on show was, was very evident. The, the game hinges on the penalty decision. And to, to be honest, when I first looked at it from, from the camera angle you're looking at, I, I thought it was a penalty. Um, again, when you go into sports and you see six, seven replays, I think it's a foul. I think it's a yellow card. It could possibly be a red card. But it's outside the box. I think that's the biggest thing that's done the referee. And again, and I've, I've said this, and I'm, I'm sure Mark's had, had some criticism of referees and linesmen in the past. How the, the, the near side linesman on that side can't see, because that is maybe 10 yards at the most from him, how he can't see that and give the decision is, is bizarre. And again, and I've, I've been an advocate of this for a long time, that referee or part of the refereeing team, that's the fourth official, should be able to come out after the game and say, from my angle, it looked inside the box, it was a foul, it was a penalty. If it's if I'm found out to be wrong by trial by sports scene, so be it. But from my and to be fair to the referee, from his angle, I thought I thought it was a, I thought he got every decision correct. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, it's one of these things. If the game ends up five one to Kilmarnock, do you see anything in social media or anything about uh, about the penalty? Absolutely not. No, basically right. It, it was a foul outside the box, so. But again, I've touched on this a few times. Like the ref, these referees are being fast tracked, and in me, a lot of them are out of depth. Like I, I don't know, Mark, like Mark, Shankland, uh, what they like at junior level, but to me, it is just there are a lot of referees there who just only up to it. Uh, it's, well, what we see is the referees at the higher level now like, have been at our level. Right. I'm, I'm, I watched the highlights of one of the games at the weekend. I think it might have been the game. I'm not too sure, to be honest. And there was a referee who was refereeing at our level three years ago, maybe two or three years ago. Like, so, as you, you say, is there fast track? That works. My opinion on the penalty, I just I think it's never a penalty. I think it's... It's hard for the angle that the ref set because it looks as if he's when he's took he's took a fresh air swipe. That's what it is because he's not actually made contact with with anything, the ball or, or the man or anything. Uh, in my opinion, that is. But uh, for the referee's angle, it looks as if when he's when the uh, Nisbet uh, no Nisbet Deutsch has touched it forward and he's went to he's swiped it to clear it. It looks as if he's caught him, but for the other angles, as you said, but the referee only get. Yeah, it's one angle and, and you have to go with him, but as uh, Mark says, he's, he's, the line's been closest to it, has to, has to help him out. I think I'm a, I'm a big fan of trying to get referees to come out and speak after it, but because they get so harshly criticised, yeah. they'll, they'll, no, they'll no want to, but uh, I think that's something that, that needs to happen. If a manager has to come out and defend his team's performance or whatever, surely 
it, it's only well, not only fair, but surely there's nothing wrong with a referee coming out and, and put his hand up and say, right, I got that wrong or, or whatever. I think, I think referees should be doing that. And one player I want to touch on who I thought was excellent was Joe Newell for Hibs. I thought he controlled the game well. I thought, who in the kind of, who kind of stood out to you, Wilson, for the both teams? Who do you think was the kind of players that we kind of won the game for Hibs? I mean, I, I think uh, Joe Newell played very well. And always, I've, I've watched him a couple of times. I actually thought he did quite well at Easter Road against Rangers as well. Mm-hmm. And I always think that's sometimes what sets a team apart and plays in that kind of role between the old firm and the rest. Like Aberdeen have been in for a, for a while. Aberdeen have a lot of good players. But I always think we Hibs, they always produce maybe one or two players that have a great season which keeps them, you know, in, in the higher ends of the league. Like, I think last year, Deutsch came onto a game when the previous manager left, scored a few goals. I think the season before that, Stevie Martin was on fire and got them a lot of points as well. And I think that's just what sets them kind of in between the old firm and then obviously the rest. Because I think the old firm, Aberdeen and Hibs, are stick on for to be the top four. I think everybody else is fighting um, for the rest. Mm-hmm. Um but Newell impressed me, and I say, every time I watch Kilmarnock, and he might be embarrassed, but I'm always impressed by Power and Dicker. I think I think the job they do, um, I was very impressed with Dicker, even when they played in Fairland, just cajoling the young boys around them and things. Um, as I say, they've done well. Callum Watts has come into the team, and you know, they've been, been very steady as well. He hasn't lost his place in the team um, either. As I say, I know Alex Dyer knows a lot more about football than me, and I know he's got to pick and choose his games, but the, the two up front was working. You know, we played one at the start of the season, wasn't great, went to two, did really well, played well, and then going back, because I do think that the strength we have is in centre midfield with Power Dicker, Tish Bola, and then you've still got Malumbu that can come in and play in there as well. Um, so it'd be a bit of a bad result for Kilmarnock, but as I say, I think they have a, a strong enough squad um, to be competing definitely for the top six. As I say, apart, I think those four though, are pretty nailed on for me. Mm-hmm. Both games, both teams have got really difficult games at the weekend. Kilmarnock host top of the league Rangers and Hibs have got their cup semi-final against Hearts. Like, how do you see both of them going? I'll start with you, Shankers, with you. How do you kind of see, how do you see the cup uh, semi-final, first of all? I, I think Hibs are too strong. Uh, too strong for Hearts. Obviously, there's a, there's a level uh, a difference now. Hibs are a level above, but I watched Hearts on Friday night a bit of it, and it's just I think Hibs are, are too strong all over the park for them. Hearts have got have got quality that should be playing uh, a higher level in the Premier League, but I think like likes uh, you've got Boyle, Dodge. I think Gogic has been a really good signing for mm-hmm. for Hibs. I think he stood out for Hamilton and uh, and helped him stay up. But, uh, and you've got Marlon as well, uh, New. I just think in a forward area, Hibs have got too much. Uh, a very direct Hibs have been like you get uh, Boyle on the ball. He's he's very direct uh, going forward. I just I just think Hibs will be too too strong. It should be a good game. I mean the the level uh, the level uh, above should could be took out it just because it's a, a derby game and a cup mm-hmm. semi final. It could. It could be a level playing field, no no supporters as well. Uh, but uh, as my opinion, uh, Hibs are too strong for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, t- to touch on Rangers. Rangers have had a, 
Uh, I don't think I think six games or something. There's no one at Rugby Park. Something like, something like that. Uh, so it's like in a a bogey ground to go, and uh, every day we say about the Astro, but if, if players that, that play for for Rangers and it was, it was Rangers and Celtic when they dropped points at Rugby Park, like they blame the pitch. Uh, but players uh, at that level should be able to play in play in anything. Uh, Commandant know how to under Steve Clark. Commandant know how to knew how to set up and and set up to frustrate Rangers and and end up forcing them forcing them to make mistakes and end up uh, getting joy out it. I think Rangers are a different different team this year. Uh, they've made a, a few additions that have that have helped. Uh, I think I think uh, Rangers will win that that game, but I don't think it'll be as comfortable as as what they've made uh, they made in the last few games. You say that you touched on Kilmarnock. The, the Rangers have only won. I think I think they won one one out of the last seven or something at Rugby one Park. So it, it's been it's been a tough it's been a tough place to go, Matt. But you know the, what the game plan is going to be for Kilmarnock. Wilson, you know the Kilmarnock are just going to set up and try to frustrate Rangers. Yeah, but Rangers and Celtic must be used to that because every team Aye. you know does that. Um, and you play you play counter attacking football. Because that's what you've got to do, and it's the same way Rangers and Celtic possibly do in Europe against you know better teams, you know, and that's just what you have to do. As I say, I, I it's going to take a, a top performance from Kamal to stop. I think I think Rangers have been a bit sticky in some of their games recently. I don't. I think they were an easy street early doors on Saturday against Livingston. From reports, I don't think they were great against Ross County, but got the win. Um, as I say, and it's always it's always hard the way the way Rangers are playing just now because I think they're playing well. But Kilmarnock, eleven players need to be on top of their game to get something from the game. And as I say, they need to get away from this bogey that is coming to Rugby Park and playing. And now, as as Matt said, you know when when they win at Livingston and Hamilton, they don't complain about the AstroTurf. They, they only complain at Kilmarnock because they've not been picking up points there. Um, but it's a wee bit of it's a, I actually think it's a bigger game for Kilmarnock um, in terms of you know two home games against Hibs and Rangers if you picked up between two and four points there you'd be very happy but if you yeah. pick up none of a six then it starts to build a wee bit of pressure on you mm-hmm. now Kilmarnock's target for the season is probably to beat the teams below them you know and anything you get against you know Celtic is a bonus but Kelly won the game with no fear as I say, Rangers, Rangers are flying at the moment. Um, but again, and, and, and this is my worry, I think teams without the fans, I think it actually benefits Celtic and Rangers. I think when the Kilmarnock fans are very vociferous when the old firm come to town and that just gives you, uh, you know, a, a, wee, a wee bit of edge, especially now that the old firm don't get the two stands, you know, because it's usually more old firm fans than Kilmarnock fans. But, and I think that's what's given us a good advantage because we've got a, a, a decent record against Celtic um, at Rugby Park since that's happened. But as I say, if Kilmarnock get in for the game, I think it's a bonus. Um, but I would, I would bite your hand off for a draw just now, to be honest. <laughs> Going back to Hearts and Hibs, I watched Hearts was it last Friday night against Dundee. Uh, um, a lot of good individual players. I think, and, and I think I've said this to you before, Scott, I, um, about Andy Halliday and I never ever felt at any time that Andy Halliday was a Rangers player but I always felt if he went to a Hearts or a Kilmarnock or a Dundee he'd be their best player yeah. I just didn't think he was just quite at that level maybe as Rangers were at the time possibly and I think that's a very good signing 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Naismith will be back. He carries him a lot. Um, Craig Whiten's a very good player as well, scored goals. But again, I think if Hearts had the fans there, I think they'd maybe have a wee bit extra, you know. But as I said, I, I do agree with Mark. I think Hibs have just got that quality, and yeah. I, I would back them to win the game. So I'll, I'll go Hibs in a draw. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to the game. Uh, Murrow played Ross County. Murrow hadn't played since the twenty seventh of September, so it was nearly nearly five weeks without a game. They won comfortably four 0 against Ross County. Like Waterhara, Lang, and Cole got the goals. Like how impressive a performance was that for Murrow? I think to to be a to be MD, run about the the same kind of level as you in the league four 0 is very convincing. Uh, I watched obviously I'm just you can just watch highlights now. There's no really full broadcast of the game, but for the highlights what I saw it, it was convincing. Uh, I like to look at is it Alan Campbell nah, in the middle of part. I've been a big fan of him for a couple of years. Yeah. For Murrow, I think he. He's very, he's very powerful, strong, direct. Like for for the for the first goal, he makes a he makes like a third man run into the box, which which ends up uh, benefiting them for the goal for Tony Watt. Uh, I think they've got quite a few like Watt, O'Hara, Campbell, uh, Devante Cole. I think is a uh, is long is longer still still with Maru. I think it's Lang. Lang. Yeah. Uh, They've still got they've got really good uh, talented players in forward areas, so uh, so it was convincing. Ross County, I I think they'll they've got enough to to keep them safe. I don't think they'll they'll need to worry. Uh, I like the boy uh, Stuart. The I think he's been this way. Uh, I think he's he's probably one of the best players. But I think uh, I think they've got too much not too much quality. But I think they've got enough quality in the forward areas to to keep them. To keep them safe, I don't think I don't think they'll be struggling. Like Tony Watt stood out to me. Like I just thought, well, obviously he's been a big, he's he's had a great kind of career so far. Obviously been at Celtic, went abroad, and come back to Murrow. Uh, done really well. I thought he was really really impressive on Saturday. Uh, Wilson, where do you kind of think? Where do you kind of think of Tony Watt? Do you think he's a good player? I, I, I do I do think he's good. Um, I think he's a wee bit of a kind of wasted talent. I think he could have done a lot a lot better. But Mark will tell you better than me. You know, when these guys are scoring against Barcelona at a young age, they think that's going to be the norm. You know, they think they can play at that level all the time, um, and and that's everything football is going to bring. I don't know if he maybe switched off a wee bit and full expectations. I, I don't know, but I actually felt he could have done better. And again, I think I think Mother was a good club for him. I would have taken him at Kilmarnock. I think he, he, he will score goals. I just think with Mother, well, I think when they when they, they play well at first part, they're capable of beating most teams on their day. But I sometimes think Mother, when they play poor, they get absolutely ripped to shreds. I mean, again, I think Rangers were out of second or third gear when they beat them five on at first part. And I think them to shreds, yeah. I think when they're bad, they're bad. Um, and then when they're, they're good, they're good. And it's a wee, just a, a wee bit inconsistent, which will frustrate Stephen Robinson. Um, but they do, they do have some very good individuals. As I say, I, I don't think Declan Gallagher's the best football in the world, but he's a good season for them. And he's come in the Scotland team, played three good games in a row. So mm. maybe a wee bit harsh for him. And as I say, some of the players that, that Mark mentioned there. Um, and it kind of make, makes me wonder. I, I like the boy Campbell as well. I actually thought... 
Alan Campbell might have got bought before uh, David Turnbull, to be honest, because the yeah. couple of games I'd seen Campbell at Rugby Park, box to box, energy, and can score a goal. So, I say, Mother will have again the same position as Commander. They'll, they'll finish, you know, fifth or sixth, I would, th- I would think. I think they'll maybe be the best of the rest if they can get that wee bit of consistency. Mm-hmm. And Ross County as well, they've been, they had a kind of solid start to the season, but they've no, they've kind of hit a brick wall, so particularly since the defeat to Celtic at their home turf. But like, do you kind of worry for them as well? Like, there could be three or four bad results, they could be, back, they could be down near the bottom of the pile. Again, I, I think I think definitely this season they'll be in the mix. I, th- I, th- I thought it was a strange one when they had the two joint managers um, before, and then I thought it was a strange one that one took over and one went to chief uh, chief executive or what, what, whatever his role is now. Um, and I, I always think mm, a wee bit of in- inconsistency there. But teams teams don't treasure that journey up there. And now I don't know if teams are going up there and staying in hotels before it, because that, that must have an impact sitting on the bus for, for or cars probably as it is now, long periods of time. And I think that's maybe where Ross County possibly get away with it. Um, but again, I would think themselves, possibly, I've seen this for years, Hamilton Ackies will be looking to finish, you know, 10th. Mm-hmm. I think that would be their target to finish 10th. Right. It was a great result for Motherwell. That's them kind of eighth. The bad, the bad start of the season, but they're kind of picking up results now. We'll move on to St Johnson now. The United now. I watched this. I watched this game. I watched every game back full all week, all weekend, and it's that was the most boring game I've seen in a long time. The United. Excuse <laughs> me, with the United as though they've got they're playing a front three. Lauren Shankland, Mark, you know him pretty well. Lauren Shankland, Mark, Mark McNulty, Nicky Clark, like. To me, that screams goals, and they're no, they're no firing. What's happening there, do you think? I was looking at their team last night because I've heard somebody else say this, and I have to agree. I don't think they've got the quality behind them to to give them service. Like, I, I, I think they can. I don't really know the midfield too well, but like they almost, if they are going to score, they're going to have to make them themselves, or it'll be for a set piece or something. Can, I don't think they've got somebody that, that player in the middle who lift ahead and thread a thread a pass through. Because if you do that, if you give uh, you give one of them one of them three chances in the game that nine times out of ten they're going to score. It's three goal scorers that are there. But I just think they've no get no get um, a wee bit of quality. Somebody a creative midfielder who can who can go and, and thread a pass through or go and do or have a wee bit of quality to to get them in the end there. Uh, but if if they do somehow find that or or somebody pops up and and uh, plays that position and, and gives them gives them service, there's no doubt uh, they will score the goals. Mm-hmm. And I thought St Johnson were really really unlucky not to win the game. Like they just didn't take their chances, dominated the ball, you know, non-stop aggression all all day. Just got the better in the United. Just didn't have that kind of fine finishing mark. Like Wilson, what do you kind of see both teams going for here? Like. Obviously, they've not really been hitting the ground running, but like, where do you see both teams going? Well, see, we mentioned the front three there. It's, it's fine, you can have the three best strikers in the world, but if you don't get any service, then, as Mark says, you've got to make goals yourself and things. Um, so I think it'll be difficult. I see, I know uh, Callum Davison was first choice for the St. Johnston job, and I'm sure, you know, his experience of playing and coaching, he may come good, but 
I just think St John's are one of these teams that, that they're, they're just very happy to, to be in the SPL. I, I don't think they're ever going to be finishing or even looking at the top four, and I don't and I don't probably think they'll finish bottom three. Uh, which, which maybe the club's ambition. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I did expect a wee bit more because, as I say, I thought Callum Davis would come in and do well. Again, I thought the same with Mickey Mellon as well. I think they started really well. Um, they just kind of hit, hit a bit of a brick wall as well. But again, it's their first seasons. You know, I think if, as long as they're cemented in, they, they, they'll be between fifth and eighth probably, both, both, both those teams. Because um, I, don't, I don't think either team... Um, well, until McNulty maybe gets a few games under his belt, have like a potential match one. I don't. I definitely don't think St Johnson have. Um, but as I say, if McNulty comes good, then I think then you need to maybe finish higher than them. Mm-hmm. Mark, I just want to ask you as well. Obviously, you know Lawrence quite well. How good? A, how good a player actually is he? Well, I think everybody's seen over the last few years when when he was at when he was at, even when he was at Ayr, uh, he probably single-handedly kind of. And I dragged them into the position that we're in with goals, and obviously Dundee United's Dundee United have been struggling to get out of that league for a few years, and they've obviously clocked them and thought, well, if we get him, chances are uh, we're going to get out of this league, and that that's exactly what happened. Uh, his goals speak for himself. If you give him chances, he's going to score. Score, and it's as simple as that. And it's obviously the the levels went up in the the SPL. If, He's maybe getting chances easier in the league below, uh, and they're creating so many chances. It's inevitable he's going to score, and and playing against uh, better quality opposition, he's he's obviously just find it a wee bit tougher in the the higher the higher league. But I think I think he's been uh, injured for for a wee bit at the start of the season. Try, uh, uh, try find his feet he's maybe trying to get back to find uh, his feet, uh, but that's the first quarter of the season away. Uh, if it goes on a few weeks and and they don't. The different three uh, start struggling to score. Then where else can you look in, in that team for goals? Because if they three on the score, then you look at the rest of the park and, and they're struggling really. Mm-hmm. So Johnson have got a break, obviously during the Scottish Cup weekend, and the the United play Ross County on Sunday. I think they're away to Ross County on Sunday. The United will be looking to get a win. I well, you've got to. They'll be looking at uh, the result. At the weekend there against Murrow and Murrow taking four goals off them and they'll be looking at that show that's got to be give them confidence to to go on up there and get a result. I feel Percy Johnson a wee bit see, see when you look at their team in the forward there is I've got they've got Wotherspoon, uh, O'Halloran, Conway, Craig Bryson in the middle, like that that's good quality. I, I don't know if the boy Henry's still there or whether yeah. he's injured there. Collins like uh, but as I've seen, I was watching uh, the Johnson Celtic game the other week there, and I was impressed with the boy Mark Namara. They kind of play a three at the back with wing backs, and he was playing the uh, right wing back, and and they kept uh, El Yunusi and and even Taylor when he was pushing forward. They kept they kept them quiet, and uh, and that they were actually unlucky to get a result. I see Callum Davison's face at the at the end when Griffiths scored that goal. That almost. Was as if can like is this going to happen all season kind of thing? No. Are we going to do all right? Uh, certain amount of the game and then just a wee bit of quality, uh, a wee bit of quality finished them off. But uh, I think uh, I agree with Mark. I think St Johnson are are good enough to stay up, but they're mm-hmm. no good enough to challenge for yeah. for top four. I think they're just a kind of middle of the road team, and 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 that's what they've kind of been the last few years. 
Definitely. So we'll move on to Sunday. We'll touch on the, the game, the, the afternoon game. Aberdeen Celtic at Patoji. Finish three each. Lewis Ferguson get, get two penalties for Aberdeen and Ryan Hedges get, get the third one for Aberdeen and Celtic get three goals through McGregor, Griffiths and Christie got a penalty as well. Wilson, what was your kind of thoughts on the game overall? I know you were quite critical last week of Celtic, but I don't imagine this week's kind of changed that. So what were your kind of takeaways for the game? Well, the first thing I would say, I've had a few disagreements this week. I thought the referee called all three penalties correctly, yeah, to be definitely. honest. Um, I think Lewis Ferguson is very clever. And again, I've upset a few of my Celtic supporting friends saying that Celtic should have went and got Lewis Ferguson. Um, play Callum McGregor for Scott Brown as, and let Lewis Ferguson go and play. I think he's that good. Um, again, I know he's got the whole Uncle Barry and Dad Derek, etc. But in this day, that doesn't matter. I think he's a, a top, top talent. And I feel sorry for the guy because we've got, you know, I think Callum McGregor's a better player than him, but we've got Armstrong, we've got Fleck, we've got all these guys coming to the Scotland team. And Lewis Ferguson doesn't get a sniff, but he's consistently Aberdeen's best player and has been for two, two or three years for a young guy. Um, again, again, it's a, it's a flat performance for me. There, there, there's no urgency, um, and I know Celtic they started with Rogic, um, McGregor, so there's a wee bit of quality in there. But if the strikers aren't on their game, then there's no point having three quality midfielders behind you. It's kind of reverse of what we saw with Dundee United. Um, as I say, I'm still not impressed uh, with any Alain signs that, that have come in. Um, and I think he looks flat. I think, and I think, that, and I'm not saying he should run up doing the touchline, screaming and shouting. You know, there's a place and a time for that. But every time the camera panned him, he, he sat there with a face like thunder in the dugout. And I don't think that does him any good. And and that and that's where I think the problem lies. I, I think I, I think it's a, a lack of trust. I think he's sending the boys out there. I think he's making changes based on what the fans want, yeah. i.e., Greg Taylor. Yeah. You know, been him for three games. You've no one for three games. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, as I say, I think a pen at the end. Now, you can argue we're going to Petodre and getting a points good, but that's been a good place for Celtic to go and you know win games, and they, they have done that uh, recently. Um, but as I say, there's just there's just something not right um, at the moment. But as I say. I think a draw was probably a fair result. As I say, I think, I know we give him a lot of criticism, but as I say, Willie Collum got all three penalty decisions correct, and it's, to be fair, it was brave of him in the last, you know, the last kick of the game to the foul on McGregor, but it was a foul, it was a penalty, so the praise goes there, but Celtic are flat, you know, and it, again, you can make the excuse of an old firm defeat, you've got to pick yourself up straight into an AC Milan game where I thought they were very tentative in the first half. Yeah. Um, and then going into a, a, a big away game at Aberdeen, which is always a big game for either one of the old firm. But as I said, as I said last week, if you're not given a hundred percent playing anybody when you play for a team like Celtic, then I'm I'm sorry, some, there's something wrong there, and something something's got to give. Mm-hmm. I thought, though, to be fair to Celtic, like when when they come out, when it obviously was one hour half time, and it was a, they were flat first half, but they did come out. A bit better in the second half. I thought McGregor's goal was brilliant. I thought the way he took that was excellent. The changes made a difference. But the only thing I'm going to say is, why on earth, when you're screaming for leadership, like the past two games, Brown's been their only 
rock at the, he's been the only kind of player giving orders. Why do you drop him? Why obviously if he's no fat, like fair enough, but why do you drop Brown and Well three 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 games in a week for a thirty five year old, you know, is is gonna happen? I mean I know these guys are super fit, etc. But it's the wear and tear on his body. Now I don't think Scott Brown's started the season particularly well. Yeah. You know, and there's a there's a lot more to his game than running about shouting at, at oh. other people. So if he's not do, doing doing the job as that, then do you need something that's running about shouting and screaming at folk? Probably not. You need a wee bit more quality on the park. And I, as I say, Lennon's going to have to rotate him this season. And because because the amount of games we'll play in the Europa League and the cup competitions, etc. Um, I didn't think Petodri's probably the best game to drop him for, if I'm honest, because I think you need passers up there. But then I said said on Saturday night that if there's ever a game for um, Shane Duffy to play well, it's against the likes of Cosgrove and Curtis Maynard Aberdeen. Um, And again, he kind of let me down a wee bit. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's his best game. No. I think Aberdeen deserve a lot of credit. I think not not enough has been said just about how well they battled. I've been a big... Kind of critic Aberdeen like the past few years. I think they haven't gone back the way, but the a couple of signings have come in and he's just he's got that team going again. Like Shankers, where do you kind of see Aberdeen? How much credit do Aberdeen deserve for getting battling on? Because Aberdeen were the ones that had to battle back to go in front, but Aberdeen battled back very hard to get the point. Well, uh, he said they've done well to battle back. They, they could easily three two. They could easily a down two. No down twos, but they could easily. I went kind of like. We went up in the game, we've done so well, and then they've dropped, they went down 3-2. They could easily have kind of lost all, all momentum and uh, and just kind of seen Celtic, kind of just seen the game out. But fair play to them, they went and, uh, they went and committed, committed men forward. Even when they were when they were winning 2-1, I was surprised how many men they were committing forward because that ended up being a downfall for them. They uh, mm-hmm. ended up draw, going to each and then 3-2. Uh, I thought I was really impressed with uh, Scott. Is it Scott Wright, the boy? Yeah, he came on and done really well. He yeah. came on and and, and uh, totally changed it. He was very direct, committing men. See, see somebody with his pace, like running at likes of Duffy or centre half. They, they don't like it. See, see if you're running at pace at somebody, it's so hard to defend defend against. And he's he's done uh, he's done well for which goes on to be Aberdeen's. Uh, Equaliser the last minute. He goes and, and beats a couple of players and then it gets out wide and they cross in the box. Uh, but I thought a, a point was probably a, a, a fair result. But uh, it's just uh, coming back to the Scott Brown point, I think if, I agree with the, with the playing three times a week, it, it'll be tough for him. But I think you, you play him in old firm and then you don't accept that it's AC Milan and, and you're the chances are you're not going to win, but I think you look at it and go, like, the league's the most important thing. Scott, away to Pataudry, probably the second hardest fixture in the league, Scott Brown has to, has to play in, in the team. For, for me, I get I get the the quality side of it, but I think you have him in the middle and then the other four attacking players, you've got quality around about him and, and him just to sit in the middle instead of it. Uh, but... Uh, it's a it's a hard one. He come on against Johnson when they were drawn, and mm-hmm. as if he come on and, and his presence kind of lifted it, and then they yeah. go and score two goals. I think he's got that he's got that about him to when he's on the pitch, players raise their game to because he obviously demands a certain a certain level. And when I mean, he's not in the team, although he's he's not their best player, but when he's not in the team, you do see it 
do, do see a difference. Uh, is in charms, no really go. Don't think in charms got that about them to like when the chips are down to drag players through, uh, through the game and and pull pull the team out it. Whereas I think Scott Brown's got that quality. Mm-hmm. I just want to touch on as well. Like obviously we'll go on to what's coming up for Celtic and Aberdeen, but Griffiths come on and again just get them back in. Excellent finish. Just a great striker's goal. Would do you go with Lee Griffiths on Sunday? Do you start Lee Griffiths on Sunday? Has he done enough to warrant a start, Wilson Jank? Again, it depends. Depends on what shape he's playing. Um, I take Mark's points. I actually think if in Cham can have played where Brown plays and got off the leash a wee bit, I, th- I think he possibly could. As I say, but he, ha- he has that kind of Langley style, you know, that Berbatov as if he doesn't care. But I think on the ball feet, I remember years ago and laughing at the time match of the day. I think it was I think it was Tom Huddleston that was playing for Hull and they were calling him the quarterback. He was playing that certain role and spraying passes. And I think if you play two up front, you know, and you're looking now, I don't think if Enchamp plays 100 passes and gives away 60, I don't think he cares. He'll still try and play those good passes. Whereas he gives the, the ball away once and he's thinking, God, 60,000 folk are going to be booing me in a minute. I know there's no fans in, but I think that, I think that affected his confidence a lot. Um, and as I say, some punters want to get up and go, but it's the same old story. It doesn't matter who he starts. If he don't win again, they'll get criticised. But Mike and myself, I would be getting Griffiths as many minutes as we can because of a Scotland game coming up in November. Yeah. Um, I, 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 would, I would be seeing, I think they played last year, maybe just at the kind of Christmas time, you maybe played five or six games with Edward and Griffiths up front. Mm-hmm. And they, that, that's when they excelled a wee bit and um, went away and obviously eventually were handed the league. I better say that to you too. Handed the league, not won it. Um, so I, 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 I would play Griffiths to get as many minutes in as he can in terms for the Scotland game. Mm-hmm. And we're touching Neil Lennon. Obviously, if just gonna, his press conference just come out maybe about an hour or so. I don't think he's covered himself in glory with what he's come out and said. Basically, telling the fans to get off the players' back. Like, I just, I, I don't agree with that at all. Like, we are, I think I, he's in a tough situation because he's, people, people have come out and said over the past few days, and you, you, do, need, you do need to realise that, like, for, that do need to realise this. He'd won eight games in a row up until the Rangers game, so, but they weren't playing well. Do you think, though, like, how important is it when you're not playing well to get the results and what do we what do we kind of think how does Neil Lennon kind of get out of this kind of patch his team's in he, he, he needs again he needs to beat Rangers you know um, I, I, I think and we touched on this point last week Scott the, the Cups the Europa League Celtic are only going to win the Europa League okay yeah. and yes there may be financial benefits etc but the holy grail for the Celtic support is 10 in a row okay now all the good work that Neil Lennon's done is his first spell as manager and when he came in for Brendan Rodgers and Mark will probably agree with this when it came to Halle McCoyst, all that work will be gone if he does not deliver 10. He's been given a checkbook, he's been given money to spend, okay, and he's going on there, he doesn't want the fans on their back. Well, the fans are on you know, rationale for it. Okay, he's, he's dropped. Greg Taylor done. I mean, I he's not a wing back. He's a he's a left back. Okay, so Lennon has to take the blame for this. Okay, it's 
his signings, his team, his tactics. And if he's coming out and see the punters go off the back, I don't think they are on the players' backs. I think they're on his back. Mm-hmm. But then we'll touch on, obviously, what's coming up. He's got a, a way to Lille and Europe on Thursday night. That's a, that's a hard place to go. And get forget about it. Aye. Play, but, take, take the kids. Play Turnbull. Play Soro. Play Klamala. Play, play these guys that he's signed. He thinks they're good enough. Or the director of football, whatever, thinks are good enough. Well, play them in these games because Lille away, Lille at home, AC Milan away do not matter a jot. Right, but then All we'll that matters on. is winning the league. Mm-hmm. But then we move on to Sunday. Aberdeen again in the Scottish Cup semi-final. I'll ask you both. Aberdeen will fancy their chances. They must take a whale of confidence for that result on Sunday. If Lennon doesn't win that game, what happens? But could there be trouble? I, th- I think it'll take another. I think it'll take another league defeat. Now, I listened to Chris Sutton on Saturday night, and he's he's saying, "No, if Celtic win their game in hand, he's three points behind." Now, it's very harsh, and as I keep reiterating this, it's not losing; it's the manner in which they're losing. Mm-hmm. They look on Sunday. They look like nervous wrecks. Hence, hence the penalty that McGregor gave away at the end. I don't believe for a minute that Barkas is an injury. I think Lennon's thought, this guy's absolutely terrible. I need to bring in Scott Bain. <laughs> and I think the chopping and changing the uncertainty. Now, I said this at the start of the season. Again, you don't know. You, you can't judge Gerard's side. He's got I think a lot and haven't actually played a lot of games like Roof and Itton and these guys. But I said at the start of the season that Stephen Gerrard, I think, will be mentally stronger because he's detached from it. Mm-hmm. Stephen Gerrard wasn't brought up a Rangers supporter. You know, I'm quite sure he knows about the club just now, but he wasn't brought up in that. I think Neil Lennon's too involved. And as you, I've not seen the press conference, I'm taking Scott's word for it. When the panic sets in, he's reacted. Mm-hmm. To me, and that, that tells me he's, he's panicking as well. To me, it looked like a man who'd lost, lost control of the situation from his own point. And that's... That's never a situation MD wants to be in, but especially when you're, the pressure is crazy on Neil Lennon right now. And it's, it's always going to be because he's, he wasn't a lot of fans' choice. Now, he needs to... And he said something as well that, that, got, that got me. He said as well, a small portion of the Celtic uh, support need to open their eyes or something. It was something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing, but... You're looking yeah, but a small, a, small, a, a small portion of the Celtic support could be five million people. Exactly. Because it's not just the sixty thousand guys that go. Yeah. You know, and I, I, if 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 every if every Celtic fan was to give a pound, it wouldn't be sixty thousand pounds. There'd be billions of pounds because around the world and now in the days of social media, etc. You know, guys are having an opinion, and obviously someone at the club, if not him, is reading these things. Now I know there's a lot of keyboard warriors, etc. Out there, but the way it looks to me is. He's lost that dressing room and they're getting decent results because they've got better players than the opposition. Okay? But if they're not going out and taking a bullet for their manager, then there's a big problem there. And I, again, I don't think the Aberdeen game on Sunday particularly matters, but I don't know who they play the following week in the league. If they drop another three points in the league, then Peter Law is going to have to do something just in time for the international break. You know, get a new manager and see what they can do. Give them January, etc., and see what happens. But I'm only saying that if Neil Lennon has lost the dressing room because he looks defeated, and so do some of the players. Mark, uh, Mark would you go with that? 
I'm just looking at the next seven fixtures. It's Lille, four of four out of seven on Europe. Three games uh, domestically: uh, Aberdeen in the cup semi, and then away to Motherwell, away to Hibs. Those three games, three those three domestic games are could they could be make a break? Like, oh, definitely. I think I think it's. I agree with with Mark's point about Europe. See. You forget Europe because last sixteen quarter final is 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 the maximum that Rangers and Celtic are going to go. In my opinion, Motherwell Hibs away in this cup semi final is absolutely massive for for Lennon and Celtic. One of the the things I noticed way back about Lennon came out and said about players uh, at the club who don't want to be there. Well, not one single person has left uh, left Celtic since then. Yeah. So they players are either still playing in the team or run about uh round about the, the squad or on the bench or whatever. So if he's saying that and then they're still playing, but that, that says says more about him. Uh, I don't think I I don't think the players will have will have down tools uh, however I just I don't think that see when Rogers was a manager, if you were playing Celtic at the weekend you knew you knew like the way they were going to play, they they all they had the same style, the same identity, and they stuck with that. I don't think Celtic are going out there now, and I don't know if they know whether they're coming or going, what they're doing. They're playing three five two, four two three one, four five one. Uh, I just I don't know. It's it's as if they're just they're going in the Saturday and then they're playing this way, whereas like Rangers are playing the same way all the time. They have done for a few years under. Under Gerard, they're just you know what you're gonna get for them. Whereas Celtic don't really have have an identity. You know, you don't know you don't know what you're getting. Oh, that, that that that's what, that, that that's what I think's worrying about it, Mark. Mm-hmm. The, the old firm game, Rangers look like a team that has been coached. Uh, Celtic, I think, have relied on having better players in the opposition. And now, I, don't get me wrong. I think individually, I still think Celtic have probably more better players in the positions than Rangers, and that will probably cause an argument on your website, Scott. Um, but as I say, they, they, they look devoid of ideas. They look devoid of coaching. Um, look, and as I say, when was the last time? You know, the, I mean, the, the, the Goldson's goal. Okay, as you know, it's a it's a great header, don't you? And a great delivery. Don't get me wrong, but it, it's so poor defensively, and I'm thinking. Yeah. John Kennedy was a prime Celtic defender in his day. You know, he must be coaching that back three, you know, his, his centre-halves. And as I say, it was a wee bit the same AC Milan's first goal the other night. If you watch it back, okay, when the ball goes in, even though it's went over Ibrahimovic's head, he's three yards from Christopher I I have not even seen him. No, exactly. Now, if it hits Ibrahimovic, he's scoring. Absolutely no doubts about it. And it just, but it goes over his head, but he's still not being marked in the 10 yards out. And as I say, there's, I just think that they don't know, they don't know what they're doing. They're kind of devoid of any coaching or what job each person's to do. And, and unfortunately, that comes with the manager. Now, as I say, it's just, it's the mentality that they're coming out with. As I say, they don't look hungry. Now, as I, I made the point last week, and I'm sure Mark's listened to the last week's podcast, um, that, 60 minutes it took for a booking in the old firm game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, that's, I'm not saying it's just about kicking heads, and of course I'm not, but 
That, that for me, and Mark will know, I'm sure, and I'm sure teams do it against you because you obviously you're one of the better teams, but there'll be guys in, and I don't want to name any other junior teams, but there'll be guys you play against, they'll go out and say, hit Graham Wilson early, hit Stevie Wilson early, hit Mark Shankland early. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. put your name in the book, then you take turns at all doing it because it then affects the rhythm of your playing your game. No one was doing that. Now, I'm not saying Kamara was... But, but I mean, I don't think he's a particularly great player at all. I, I really don't. But he's having a smashing season. No one went in and just went, I'm going to just leave one on him. He's stuffing him up a wee bit. I'll take my booking. If I start maybe getting a wee bit antsy, then I've got five subs. And Lennon used all five subs. Mm-hmm. And we're still sitting at 60 minutes, letting Kamara and Davis dictate the game. We're not bought. I mean, it's hard to catch Scott field at the best of times, but... No one's went in and just went, right, here we go. Let's set a wee bit of tone and let's for 10 minutes. Let's, you know, because they were, they were losing the, the battle in possession and with the ball. So why not try and, try and change it and rough it up? For me, the fact that you just said using five subs in an old firm game says a lot for me. Uh, that just shows that uh, everything that they've done up until that point isn't working. And I never knew the thing about the booking. See, 60 minutes, 2-0, Rangers, the game's done by that point. If, and it was Kamara. Kamara was the first booking. It was even a still. 60 minutes. The, the, the Rangers' his passages are playing that game, like from middle to front, uh, even defence. At one point, Barisic was cornered right in the, the left-hand side of defence, uh, right in the corner. And he's got out, he's played it, and the boy ends up at, in the right-hand side. Uh, I think it was Kent on Laxal. And I... I always see things about Greg Taylor on sale. This is maybe just going to weigh off. See if Greg Taylor put in that 45 minutes that Laxalt put in against uh, against Rangers. He would have been ridiculed uh, on Definitely. Twitter, Facebook, whatever. It, it's I don't know whether it's because it's a new signing or his first game, but Greg Taylor's yeah, not again, a, it, again, he's, he's not a left wing back. It's, it's, it's a, a mentality thing as, as well, though, for me. You, you bring... A guy, now, he must have something about him if he's playing for AC Milan. But you, you bring a guy from AC Milan and you stick him on his debut into an old firm game, right? Where Greg Taylor's played the last, you know, 20, 30 games in a row, probably. I, 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 don't, I don't get that. that. That, for me, is the panic. Yeah, I just want to touch on something as well. I've just done an interview where I'm going to name drop Gavin Ray. Let's just get it out there. And uh, Gavin Ray, just, it, he was put in an old firm game in his debut and he just said, I said to him, what was the one thing, like the, that game, that was, what was the one thing you wanted to do? I just, I just wanted to make, my, make a name for myself, make an impact. That, not one Celtic player showed that on last Sunday. Well, look, look, look at the way Gavin Ray played though. Now, you maybe don't remember him, Mark, you're very young. But look at the way Gavin Ray played. He was box to box, he was robust, he would put in tackles. You sign a player like that, so if Celtic had signed Lewis Ferguson, I'll chuck him into the old firm game, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You're signing a left-back. Now, we've all watched Italian football. It was kind of on the telly when I was a kid. It's very lethargic. It's very defence-orientated. They're no running and steaming in each other for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, as I say, I actually thought Ryan Kent would have played a lot better, to be honest, because if I was Ryan Kent, I'd have went, I'm going to play against him today, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And ridicule this fella. Whereas at least Greg Taylor would have kicked Ryan Kent. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? You, uh, you touched on it as well last week, and I just want we'll, we'll move on to the Rangers game in just a minute. But 
you said to me about Frimpong. Now, I've always been quite impressed with Frimpong. But last week, when you said that about the way he cuts back and passes to the back three, the two games I've watched since then, that's all I've thought, that's all I've thought about when I watch him. And I, he does it all the time. Lacks confidence, though. Lacks the mentality. Now, I said last week, sorry to keep going back to last week. Now, Barisic is fantastic, but he's not the quickest. So if I'm Frimpong, I'm saying I'm going to cheat. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just go and play on him a wee bit. Knock it past him and chase it. Mm-hmm. He, didn't, he didn't do it once. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't, didn't do it once. Sure. And that tells me as a player of low, low confidence. Now, again, is, is, is he going to be dropped? Are they going to go and sign a right back in January? Wouldn't I thought so? Because Frimpong, you know, kisses the badge, they did the funny interviews, sent off in the cup final. I, 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 honestly, I, I text, I'll probably show you the text, I, I said to my mates on during the game saying he's the worst player in the SPL. <laughs> That's why Usain Bolt didn't make it as a football player. <laughs> he run fast. And I'm 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 disillusioned how he how he gets a game. I, I really am. I was very surprised with him that game. Uh, I don't think the way Rangers play helped his game. Like if he's playing at home to Ross County, St Murn or something. He can almost play as a right winger, but see the fact that he had to come back and defend as much, I don't think that helped him because I don't think he's very great defensively. Uh, and the way Rangers play, three, like three, they've got three centre-halves, so the space is in behind uh, the two wing-backs and, and Barisic and, and Ken and uh, Tavernier and uh, I'm not sure who's not like Barker. They, they come out and they, they like pushing them so far back, I don't think. Don't think it helped him at all, but uh, I'm I'm very confused about what the way Celtic are trying to play them now with the three at the back. Is did they play three at the back because Lennon doesn't trust them? Like Duffy and I have to play as a two because we've seen them playing as a two a two at the weekend and and they've conceded three. It's the three at the back's not working. Like where where do they go? Do you know what I think it is? And I think I think you both agree with me here. And this will this will be our last point in the Celtic game before we move on, but. Do you know think when you saw that when you saw him go back to a four two three one, Celtic missed James Forrest. And I never thought I'd ever say that, but Celtic really missed James Forrest when they're playing that kind of thing. I'm he's an only he's an only wide he's an only wide winger. He's an only winger. He goes in he when he gets the ball, James Forrest's first thought is beat the man, get to the touchline and he'll maybe put one in a stand one up at the back post. But he's probably one of the most criticized Celtic players mm-hmm. after all he's done for them. Over the years, and his numbers, uh, goals and assists, or I've no, I don't know what they are, but I reckon they'll be pretty good compared to like so. Like I know El Yunus, he's not been there as long, but he's played probably played more games this season than like perfect. It was perfect a game for not a perfect game, but a game where Celtic needed somebody like Forrest, whereas they didn't have a lot of a lot of chances and. If you gave the ball to Forrest, he's going to go and commit men. Whereas I don't think Celtic had that because they were playing with a right and left back at, at wing back, basically. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll, we'll move just, on. Just, just on that point, though. Now, have you ever come away from an old firm game and went, how good was James Forrest today? Aye, I know, I know, Definitely, I know. Aye, aye. I, I, I dig it. Yeah, you come away, I, guess, I saw him at Rugby Park once and he was absolutely outstanding. I've seen him rip Aberdeen, Motherwell, Hibs to shreds. But I don't think I've ever watched an old firm game and said, oh, James Forrest was man of the match today. Mm-hmm. 
and, and that's unfortunately, and that's I think just was a fantastic player for club and country, but that's what a lot of Celtic fans are judging these guys on. Now, there's probably still some old firm fans out there, maybe not this season, but the season's gone past where they've went. I would rather lose a league but win all four old firm games. Mm-hmm. As I say, and I think sometimes James Foss, because with Celtic's whole career, etc., you know, I, think, I do think he gets a lot of stick um, because he's not a 10 out of 10 every week for a winger. Wingers are inconsistent. That's part of, part of the job. Mm-hmm. Right, we'll move. we'll move on to Rangers 1-2-0 against Livingston at the other game on the Sunday. Rangers, six-point spirit at the top of the league now. Again, just looks so comfortable. Like, who kind of stood out to you? Shanklers, who do you think was kind of Rangers' best player? Aribo and Defoe got the goals. Aye, Aribo and, and Defoe got the goals. And, but I think uh, Hadji and James, James Tavernier, or Tavernier, however you pronounce it. How good? How good's the goal? How good is the goal? The Defoe's finish is world class, right? But... He can only score that if the ball is right on the money. And see where James, uh, see where James Tavernier plays the the crossway. He's five ten yards in his own half. There's to find the his left foot precisely because it needs to be inch perfect. Because it's not as if he's in acres of space. There's a defender uh, right off his backside. That I think the goal gets a lot of plaudits, but. Uh, the goal doesn't get scored if that delivery isn't on the money, and it's Tavernier has been doing it uh, every week, week in, week out for for Rangers this year, and and he gets a lot of criticism for Rangers, but I think him and Hadji just a game at, at home to Livingston at Ibrox is is perfect for Hadji because that's when he can go and show his quality. You've got a lot of the ball, uh, you've got a lot of the ball, and somebody as creative as him. Uh, if you get so much of the ball, something's going to give. Uh, I don't think the the first goal was particularly outstanding. I think it was a relatively easy ball, but it's just the fact that he's the position he's in. He's on the ground, kind of uh, just that awareness to to see a rebel, uh in space. But I think uh, Hadji and the uh, Rangers captain were the standards for me. Hadji's touch, see the the kind of one-two plays we sell for the first goal. I thought it was tremendous as well. I just Hadji stood out to me. Mark, I just uh, Wilson, I just want to ask you as well. Like Rangers are flying. They're obviously a great a great result on Thursday to go to Liège. I think it was a, they're the first team in six years to go to Liège in Europe and win. Arsenal and Ajax going to do it. Rangers, like, I don't, are, are Rangers fans right to be feeling as confident as they are? And obviously they're both getting as carried away as they did, kind of probably this time last year. Like if you're a Rangers fan, how confident would you be with how? Happy would you be with how they're playing and performing? Well, I think they've got every right to be confident, but again, they they they'll be able. They they're not confident because they they won an old firm game um, at Parkhead. They're confident because they can they can see the body language of the Celtic players, um, the the results they're getting. There's, there's six points clear. I don't think they'll be getting far too carried away despite what some of the folk have in, in social media, but. They'll be, they'll be thinking we're a lot closer, if not performing better than we have been um, in recent seasons. It's to be honest, I think it's make or break for Gerard as well. Never, never mind Neil Lennon, because um, he's again he's been given money, he's cleared out, he's been given more money, he's he's got who he's asked for. I think that again, depending on how close things are come January, he possibly get more signings in, um, and I think there's a lot of pressure on him to deliver this time. 
Because Rangers fans, again, I'm quite sure Rangers fans are thinking, I don't care about beating uh, Liège and Lech Poznan and whoever. Um, if we don't win this league, then there's a problem. I don't even think this year, I don't even think if Rangers won the League Cup and the Scottish Cup, I don't think that would suffice with the Rangers fans. I really don't. And as I say, that's why I think Gerard is under pressure, but he hasn't reacted to that pressure, whereas Lennon's under pressure and he's, he's bit early doors. He's bit 10, 12 games into the season already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I say, they're, they're, they've got every right to be confident. They are flying. They won the first old firm game. They're playing well. They're, they may not have been brilliant against Ross County or brilliant against Livingston, but they won the games and that's, all, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So it strikes me as just how the kind of squad depth as well compared to last season. Like, if I've, I was open on Thursday night, I don't know if Twitter, you, you saw my tweets on Twitter, but I was open of the Morelos was just doing nothing for me on Thursday night. And I was, especially when Ruth came on and saw, and we saw what he could do, obviously that goal, I don't think you'll see a better goal than that all season. Like, but how different is that for, for Gerald to have the options, particularly up front, because Goals win your titles, and they need they kind of rely on Fredo Morelos, especially not now when he's off form. But how important is that to have that squad depth now compared to the past couple of seasons? It's, it's, it's absolutely vital, you know. And as, as I said, that I think I think even Stephen Gerrard thought Morelos would be away, hence the signings of Roof and Ethan, because he spent a wee bit of money, mm-hmm. um, and then these guys kind of get in the team. And as I say. Morales hasn't been as good as he was, you know, in previous seasons. This season, that as I say, it's good, it's good to have options. But what what I think is good about Steven Gerrard is he knows what his best eleven is, mm-hmm. and these guys have to try and get into the team. So when he is, you know, if he takes Morales off in sixty minutes, Roof comes on and scores two, one two now. I would guarantee that Morales will start the next game and, he, and Ruth will be back on the bench because Gerard believes Mar- Morales is in his best 11. Mm-hmm. But do you, obviously, like, all three of us have kind of delved in coaching. Obviously, I'm, no, I'm in the position to talk compared to used to. But when a player's off conference like that, do you, do you have a word in his ear? Do you give him a rest and just see if that helps? Or do you put him, do you put him in the team and just see if he, he'll, switch on, he'll switch on again, Mark? What do you think? Uh, I think it can go two ways. You, you know what he's capable of when he plays his best, so you're, you're sitting thinking, like, he's not done it in previous weeks. Well, this this has got to be the game that he's going to do it, and then it goes on a week. But uh, as uh, Mark said there, Morelos is Rangers' best striker when he's on his day, and Gerard knows that, that if he starts him, that what he's capable of. So I think that's why he's playing... But uh, touching on the changes, I've got five changes Rangers made to the starting eleven, and the, it arguably didn't get any weaker than no. than what it did. So I think that has has got to be a good thing. Uh, whereas maybe years gone by, when you change the team, a few injuries or something, uh, it, it changes it completely. But I think they've got the squad depth. Now I was looking at the bench uh, for the Celtic game. I keep going back to that, but see the bench. The Celtic game, it was it was strong. Uh, mm-hmm. Seven or nine nine subs it is now. Like every every player could have st- like you could have started each of their players, and and it would, in my opinion, it would have still just been as strong. So I think that that uh, 
that says a lot mm-hmm. uh, for Rangers this season. Mm-hmm. And we'll just touch on Livingston quickly. I thought they were quite solid and they'll be taking a lot of positives for that game. Only only losing two goals, but they were they had chances. Like, where do you see Livingston kind of doing this? How well do you see Livingston kind of doing this season? They've started pretty well, but now they've kind of got going. Look, where do you see them kind of finishing? Bottom six. Their target will be 10th. Their target will be 10th. I don't doubt that. I love Gary Holt to bits. Again, if Alex dares to leave, Gary would be my first pick to be the commander manager. I think he's done a great job at Livingston. Um, but I think the ambition of Livingston and, and, and the, the money that he possibly doesn't have will be tenth, ninth, ninth or tenth for me. I, I have to I agree. I, I think teams like Livingston just have to try and stay in the division. It's, it's just it's simple, simple as that. Uh, it, but I think they will be there or thereabouts. Losing Dykes is massive for me. See the like said, old firm or any team going going and playing Livingston at home. Livingston are very direct. Uh, are very direct. So up to up to Dykes and play off him, it's it's very hard to stop. So he'll be a miss. Mm-hmm. Right, we'll move on to the other kind of, the other leagues in the the SPFL, the Championship. Hearts Hearts raced in Fermland and D.O. picked up wins over the weekend. Inverness and Air pick which had a one each draw. Mark uh, Shankers, I just want to ask you, a former airman, what are Air's expectations for this this season? Do you think get as playoffs set in stone, or do they need to improve? I think it has. No, I think it has to be the playoffs. Uh, they've been one of the stronger teams in the division over the years. Uh, they made a couple of decent signings. They got the ball in loan for Kilmarnock, which was quite surprising, to be honest. <laughs> It's good for the boy getting out to play, but I was just surprised both clubs dealt with each other. But anyway, they got him and uh, Cammy Smith, I think he's at Dundee United. They got him and I think that was in loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's two attacking players. Uh, but I think it's got to be. It's got to be the playoffs, isn't it? Uh, there's no point in, in aiming for that the last few years and then and just settling to be in the division. It's got to be. I don't think they're good enough to win the league. Uh, but uh, playoffs has got to be the got to be the expectation. But uh, I think it'll be between Dunfermline, Ayr, Inverness, and Dundee. There's four teams in those three places up for grabs. The uh, are, the uh, are hard uh, to uh, long. Uh, for me, that might be disrespectful saying it, but I think they are too strong for for the league. But mm-hmm. uh, Dunfermline, Ayr, Inverness, Dundee. Actually, if you were could maybe lose out in that. I will be. It'll be tough. It'll done be with other teams, other squads. Listen, everybody can beat everybody in that in mm-hmm. that division. It's just one of the one of the leagues. Mm-hmm. I'd say Wraith have started pretty well though. Like two wins for two. Uh, Aye. I'd, I'd, like to see, I'd like to see them do quite well. League One as well. Partick, Cove, Partick and Cove picked up wins over the weekend, and Falkirk drew one each with Forfar. East Fife drew two each with Montrose. Like. Uh, Wilson, I just want to touch this with you. Like, obviously, I think it'll be a three-way fight for the league. I think there's three very good teams in that league that could all go up. Partick Thistle, Falkirk and Cove Rangers. Who do you kind of think out of that? Um, well, as, as much as it probably pains me, um, going back to just sort of touching on the championship, I think if you ask every Kilmarnock fan, they would want here in, in the Premier League. Definitely. I'll be able to get fans back because that's... You know, probably the only chance maybe of 
Phil and Rugby Park again. Um, we have big, we have big crowds, and again the same. Kelly fans love going to Somerset. Okay, we're not maybe the best record, you know. At times we're in the same leagues and things, but four four Ayrshire derbies in, in, in a season is is, is what I'm, I'm sure your fans want it as well. Um, and watch Comarnock fans. So and when when Mark uh, mentioned those teams there, so I'm just touching on this. I think out of all the teams. Yeah, they possibly have better squads, but I think Ian McCall is the best manager out of those managers. Do you know what I mean? So I think I would rather have Ian McCall in charge than James McPake or John Robertson, etc. I think Ian McCall is a very good manager, a wee bit underrated for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I hope I hope they do. You know, get get in, get into the Premier League. I, I I really do. In terms of the second division as well. Again, I think Partick Part- Thistle are a massive club, and, and as I say, they were they were poor last year, but I think they were dealt a kind of raw hand. As such, so I, I think I, I think it will be Falkirk, um, but I would I would think I would like to see Partick win that league and get back to where they were because they, they're a very big club as well. Mm-hmm. Some story for Cove Rangers though to go up, obviously through the Highland League last year, and then be up up challenging in League One. I think that's a some story. Uh, Paul Hartley deserves a lot of credit for how well he's done. Yeah, of, of, of course it does, but it, it makes it easier when you're buying Premier League players. <laughs> you know, you know, and, and, and no, I'm not blaming. I mean, if every team had the money Cove Rangers, that's exactly what they would do. Every team's no different, and I, I don't blame them. But as I say, it makes a manager's job a lot a lot easier if you can go out and guys Fraser Five that plays there and these guys. So, um, it's 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 fair play, fair, fair play, to Paul Hartley. Mm-hmm. And I, think, yeah. I think, I think Falkirk will win if I was betting I would bet Falkirk mm-hmm. not that I'm promoting gambling <laughs> you have to be a right good side to beat Cove Rangers I think mm-hmm. yeah but, but I, th- I think I think Falkirk and Partey are good, good sides as I say I think it will be those three come the end of the season um, but as I say is, is, uh, is Cove Rangers I don't know is, is that a Gretna you know, is, is, is that the story that's, that's developing then? Because unfortunately, every team, the money will run out mm-hmm. eventually. But credit to them just now. I'm sure their fans and all that are happy. And as I say, I hope we don't get to the Premier League, to be fair, because that's a journey and a half for Ephraim Ayrshire. Aberdeen Derby. We'll move on to League Two. Uh, Matt, uh, Wilson, I want to touch on this for you, because obviously... Uh, well, obviously, all our mutual friend Mark Roberts was played quite a big hand in kind of getting Queens Park into and he played professionally. I think they're going to walk that league. I think Queens Park will walk a good result the weekend. But how how different will they be? Obviously, being able to play at a professional level now. Yeah, but, but again, it's money talks, isn't it? And I'm, as I say, I'm quite sure if if Mark was given the resources that Ray McKinnon was given, no. then we'd be we'd be sitting saying, "I Mark Roberts, a great manager, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Um, you know, Simon guys. Like, I mean, as I said, I would take Simon Murray at Kilmarnock. I'm sorry. You have, know, and he, he goes and plays for Queen's Park. You know, and as I say, again, if that's what teams want to do, but by all means, go and, go and do it if you have that infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they did have a couple of sticky results at the start. Um, so I, I, I don't know. As I say, I don't quite know the full squad, but if they've still got a lot of boys, um, the kind of amateur status as such. Um, they might just not have that kind of mentality to go on a, a, a league one and one. When I was there, um, I was at the Queen's Park game when Peter Head won the league um, at Hamden. And I looked in the Peter Head team and I thought, a good bit of experience there, but 
Um, and I kind of, you know, I knew every player. I knew who they were. Whereas with Queens Park, you maybe know three or four of the big ones, but the rest, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Is Queens Park full time now? I don't think they're full time. I know they're professional. I know uh, Marco told Mark. Well, Marco told me in the, the sat down that uh, Wally Hockey was kind of the money man there. So I know there, there's definitely money behind them. So I think that will be the plan. But right now, they could be. They could very well be. But there, might, there might be some. I remember Ayr doing that a long time ago. There were some guys that were full time and they trained with the guys for the college and things. You know, full time. I was having you over there with Brian Reid. So and um, Queens Park possible along the same ilk as that. I would think because mm-hmm. like the players they are signing are are coming for like full time. Like mm-hmm. previously full time, they're they're obviously either full time or they're getting like. Equivalent to a full time wage. So I, I seen yesterday they signed Jai Katongo. Mm-hmm. Not sure yeah, if he was I, where he was so before, but well. like he was he was playing really well with Morton and probably looking to go higher to like the SPL and then he's ended up there. It, it, it's like as you said, if if any manager previously is given resources to do that, uh, then then they should be, they should be going and winning the league. But like, like, no disrespect to Ray McKinnon, but has he been success anywhere he's went, like in the higher leagues? He was. He was. Was it Falkirk? He was very good at. And then he then he jumped ship to Morton, was it? Oh, <laughs> thank you, was Morton. And then he got absolutely way. crucified at Morton. Aye. Um, aye. And then he was kind of out of the game for a wee bit, I think. Aye. 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 He done. It was in United. I think he had a bad spell, but he done. I think it was Morton. He done really well. I can't even quite remember, but. Uh, just when we touch on that as well, obviously that's the reason the Championship, League One and League Two are getting played this year is they've shortened the league down to twenty-seven games. How big a, an impact will that have on the on the full-time teams like that? Are, they're just with that kind of more experience, just they'll have a bit more in the time and the other teams do think? Possibly, but again, has what, what, what's going to happen with COVID? Are they going to be missing three players? You know, full time guys that with COVID because no. more chance they're out of the house, etc. It's hard to base as long as, and it's the same as, as, as what Mark mentioned earlier about Celtic being away at Hibs, away at Motherwell. Well, there's going to be a spell probably Christmas time that Rangers will be away at Hibs, away at Motherwell, away at Aberdeen, whatever it is. Everyone's off the same hymn sheet, everyone does the same things. Okay, so for that, I just don't believe there's any excuses. Um, they're all they're all be playing 27 games. Um, so they just got to go on with it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the roundup on. We'll move on to the the Q and A, Shankers. I just want to ask you a couple of things. I've been told to ask you. The first thing is, I was quite lucky to have Michael Moffat in the show the other day. And he told me to ask you. This, he told me to ask you just about Kevin Kyle. <laughs> I was Kevin was funny. It was good to have somebody like that. Uh, like I was lucky to have somebody like that in a book. Uh, era when I was there because I was obviously quite young I was 19 then and he's played at the highest highest end of, end of football so it was good to like as a footballing way a footballing point of view it was good to to learn for something like that uh, but it was quite funny when I was addressing him uh, just he's he's been there he's been full time in, in dressing rooms played by top players so uh, he's got a few good uh, stories and obviously he's he's on a Milton Gold podcast podcast now, eh? so he's obviously been successful, successful with his, eh, with his stories, etc. But uh, I just get to help him in the dressing room. It's funny when 
what uh, Morph probably told the, the story. I don't know if, if you want me to, to no, say go. it. On you go. On uh, you go. When it was Kevin kind of coming to kind of train with to to start. I don't know if it was whether it, it was like just coming in for training and then he, then he asked him to sign or what. I'm not sure what the, the script was with that, but uh, his first night, he must have needed, like, I say, a strapping in his ankle or something. I don't know, he needed the physio for uh, for some reason. And uh, Moffat, bearing in mind Rangers in the league at this point, and Moffat's the top goal scorer in the league at this point, which is quite a good feat considering uh, Rangers in the league. And, uh, and Kevin <laughs> walked in the dressing room and he... Uh, and Moffat walked by and he pointed at him like and he says, Are you the physio? Say <laughs> Moffat kid, probably our best play, best player on the, the team, one of the best players in the league at that point. Scored umpteen goals at that level. And he point Are you the physio? Mm. And uh, as Moffat uh, told you, Scott, he's some people still call him the fizz. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's ever loved that down to this day. That. <laughs> no. um, but I just want to touch on a couple of things we use well, which is like obviously the trial at you trial at Liverpool. Just talking through about how that came about, obviously, and just who you can rub shoulders with down there. Uh, it came about, I think, there was maybe, see, I don't know if there still is, but there was a guy that was quite local to Ayrshire who was a scout. I don't know if he was a scout for like, well, I presume he was a scout for like the Scottish side, I think. John, John Joyce? Aye, that's the John guy Joyce. name. Aye. Uh, and it just, I just got pulled in at training. In fact, I didn't even get pulled in at training. I got asked in to, to Somerset and uh, and told, and just kind of couldn't believe it. It was, in fact, I was fifteen. Uh, I liked, I liked Liverpool as a as a young young boy to watch. So it was kind of, it's, it's cliche, but it is a dream, like to go and have the chance to go and and have a trial. Uh, the trial went well. Everything went well. It just. It was one of the ones uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on on things, which is probably what they say to everybody, whether they are successful or not. Uh, it's just one of the things. <laughs> I've been asked loads of times, like, how did how did you know go in that? And I was like, do you think, honestly, think if I didn't have the chance, like, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Right, I would have turned it down uh, to stay at air, no disrespect to air, but, like, your MD that had the chance would have jumped at it. So, uh, but obviously the chance, the chance, like, opportunity wasn't it. Wasn't there to go or or wherever they went? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I mean, you're playing at air and even Lockham Lake, just talking through some of the best players you played with, just at the both levels. Well, man, you're speaking about the new Michael Moffat. Uh, I think he's he's air's best player, and I'm not just saying that because I know Michael, but he is. He's, and he has been even I think even when Lone Shelton was there, I think Moffat was still wears. Maybe not the best player, but the most dangerous player. Uh, Chanton scored all the goals, but I don't think he would have scored all the goals if it wasn't for for players like Michael playing playing next to him as a two or playing run about run about him maybe in a three row or number ten position. But for I think I don't know if he's has he scored these hundred goals for yet. I, I think he's ninety nine. Uh, I think he's. I think he can be ninety nine. See, for a man for somebody to come for for junior football and. It, no disrespect to Garvin, it wasn't like a junior giant. Like mm-hmm. he's came for, he's came for, for Garvin to, uh, to go and play, play air and, uh, and score ninety nine, nearly hundred goals. I was at air when he scored fifty. I remember the, the game away away at East Fife uh, when he scored fifty. To, for, for, so for him to go and score, score ninety nine goals, and I'm I'm pretty certain that he's going to 
score his 100 goal in the, cup, the coming week. So it's, uh, it says, says something for him. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't play We'll just touch on, I've got a couple of questions for the for Facebook. I just want to ask you both. Obviously, with the, kind of, the junior footballs coming up in the air, like, who do you think is going to win the junior league, the premiership? I'll start with you, Wilson. Who do you think is going to win, win the juniors this year? Trun. Thanks, sir. No, just Marco told me to say that. He knew that would be a question because the junior match anchors was on. So he told me because they've signed him, they would win it. How's he? I'll, how's I'll he, just go. I'll just go with Trun. How's he? How's he managed to still play though? He's, he's still. He said how. He said that he was still kind of keeping fat, but he just so after himself for the uh, years. Isn't he? he has. He, has he, de- he definitely has. He, I mean, don't get me wrong. First admit it. He's old now, so he's not. He's not going to play ninety minutes every week. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll go with Trun. Is it only because Talbot's not on it? I'll go with Trun. <laughs> I, I think uh, the obvious one is Darvel because uh, the recruitment that they've, they've had for this level, there's, there's no doubt that they've got players that are playing at, at that club that, that should be playing higher if they're playing at Darvel for whatever reason. But uh, but that's a, they, they stand out for me. Uh, teams that could be there or thereabouts challenge them, possibly, yeah. Clyde Bank, Clyde Bank, Beath. Um, well, I'm trying the to buff, think who's the no pro. Yeah, Cohen and I, who's no pro. I, I, yeah, the Buffs, the, the Buffs are a good team. Good team. Christian's a good guy. Yeah, I like him as well. But do you know why? I'm I know Chris, I, I know Chris well. I was going to say he was a good guy, I wasn't sure if you were. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be, to be fair, I'm, I'm good friends with Barry Flayton, so. Um, that's how I know Chris. <laughs> really. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go Clyde Bank. I think Clyde Bank could have a, a solid team this year. Is Budgie McGee still at Clyde Bank? No. no. I think I think he was at Coburnley. Coburnley was it? I think he, I don't know if he's still there, but I think he was there. Hmm. If it's the right guy I'm thinking of. But uh, last week hang, I'm gonna ask you both. At the end of May, this is the big hang, at the end of May, who's gonna win? The Scottish Premiership. There you go. Martin O'Neill's Celtic. <laughs> you think or, Gordon, or Gordon Strachan Celtic or Roy Keane Celtic. You think, they're gonna go, you think if Leo Lennon goes, they're going to go back to 20 years ago? Yeah. Success. As I, I say, as I, say I, I hope I'm not on here just to criticise Neil Lennon. I, I, absolutely not. But it doesn't look right, and I, and I can't believe it's happened at this at, at, at this kind of time, you know. Um, but as I say, if you may, I mean, don't get me wrong. You may ask me again in March. Uh, but as I, as I say, I, I think I think Rangers will be quite happy to be underdogs, and I still think to a certain extent they, they possibly are, even though they're flying just now. But if Celtic, if Celtic don't win their game in hand. Then, there's, then you know, I maybe change their mind. It's certainly when they're game in hand, it's still only three points. And but what's happened at Celtic is they've put themselves under pressure to win two old firm games out of three. That, that that's a draw's no good enough. They need they need to win the one in the new year, and they need to win the next one if they want to win the league. And two of them are Ibrox as well, but exactly, it's, it's more exactly. On. 
Shanker's answer the great answer. Who who we think who we think's gonna win the league? I'm not just gonna give a straight answer. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a wee bit of crap before it. Uh, Rain, I think Rangers. There's no Rangers. I think there's players in Celtic's dressing room that's been there and done it before, which give which helps them because when when they need to dig deep, they've they've been there and done it. But I think if Rangers don't win it this year. Can when are they going to win it? Because ultimately, the way Celtic have played, they know they have to strengthen in January. Mm-hmm. They they either have to strengthen or they have to just go full full on and and get rid of the manager and bring some in. And I I think at this this season of all seasons, I think that's too big a risk for them to to get rid of Lennon and bring somebody in to then start afresh. Mm-hmm. I think it's no you're not got enough time. Say they get rid of them. I think you'll get to Christmas, ten weeks. Say if you get rid of, rid of him after that, then the manager, a new manager's come in, and it's no his players, and then he tries to implement a new style of play or bring in his own players. Is is six months, a lot, an, enough time uh, to change everything, or is it too far gone? But is we need to keep going back. To, it's, it's three points if they win their game in hand. That's one game of football. Get you know I mean, and there's there's plenty of football to be played. If they drop points, everybody always says about it's the old firms that will tell the season, whereas Rangers have dropped points to Hibs and Livingston. There's four points dropped. And Celtic have dropped points to you know, Aberdeen, Kilmarnock. So they are dropping points to keep other teams in the league. So I don't think the old firms uh, will be telling. Say last year they won two each and... It was all the other games that Rangers were losing or dropping points mm. that ended up, which which cost them. So I think Rangers are different, a different animal this year. Whereas Gonte, like said, well, well Sunday Sunday will be telling at Kilmarnock because it's they've struggled over the years. But I think Rangers are, are different this year. Whereas they can go and grind out a result. They've, they've not been, they've won loads of games, aye, and it and it looked brilliant. But I don't think they've been like they've blown teams away. I don't think they've been outstanding. I just think. Like to Livingston, they, they got ahead and then see when they got ahead, they just controlled the game and, mm-hmm. and Livingston kind of come back. I think, same with Celtic, when they got ahead, I think, I don't know what, for whatever reason, but Celtic let them control the game. I think, I don't think they've been outstanding either team. So I think there will be points in the season where Rangers go through a wee blip. It's just whether they can play bad and still win. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be that's telling. Why, that's yeah. why, that's but it's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. That's why Celtic have been have been there, done it for years. They've they've done it for nine years, played crap sometimes, and won. You only need to look at the game against St Johnson, where St Johnson should have should have probably beat them, but Celtic Aye. just had that grit that they. If if Celtic don't, if Celtic don't win the next game, I think the Scottish Cup game is an absolute. It could be a nail in Lennon's coffin if they don't win that because. The one thing Lennon can hold in his advantage right now is he's won every trophy he's been asked to win. That's the big. I think that's where Neil Lennon will say, "I won. I, I, I we didn't play well in the League Cup final last year and won." Do you know what I mean? Like that's where I think Neil Lennon's get the we get the something to kind of hold himself with right now. But if that if they don't win in Sunday, if, that, if they don't if they don't win this league. They don't win this league, then all these trophies are forgotten about that he's mm-hmm. he's won previously. If you know what I yeah, mean, like yeah. that does it. Not even just this season, even before he was a manager. Like 
even Lennon as a player, like his name will be tarnished if Ritzel don't win ten in a row. And it's as harsh as it sounds. It's just it's just true because everything's been the all all eyes have been on this for a few years, and now it's it's like this is it. Can it it's make or break? And if he doesn't, if they don't produce that, well, can the fans will never forgive him? They'll never forgive the the board, the players, everything. I think there's just a lot of there's a lot of pressure which could could end up uh, working an advantage for Rangers. But when Rangers, when obviously Rangers, where they've been in the past ten years, like for getting a ball stuck in a hedge against breaking the shocking results they've had to put up with, and Anne and Still and Albion, just to name a few, like now to be in the position they're in, a lot of fans will be thinking positive and rightly so. But it's up to Rangers to go and go to Kilmarnock on Sunday and win and go to Easter Road, the Tony Macaroni, Pataudry. That's where that's where leagues have won. They'll no one if they were the one in all firm games then I think a lot of league titles over the past would be different. But it's what you do against the other teams. And I think that that is the difference. That's where Celtic have the advantage. But that's it's up to Rangers to pick that up. I definitely uh, as you said it. Aberdeen away is probably Aberdeen away apart from Rugby Park is probably the the biggest test Celtic obviously apart from Rangers but like take Rangers out of the equation Rugby Park was the first test drop points there Aberdeen's the next uh, toughest one away drop points there like Rangers drop points obviously at, um, at Easter Road as well but I just think if Rangers go and win on Sunday I, th- I think it lays down a, a kind of not a marker but a kind of just to say that we can go to these places and pick up points now whereas previous years we, we've went there and, and lost or, or dropped points uh, but I don't know I think it's too early to call uh, uh, as a Rangers supporter I like to say Rangers but it, I don't want to get too ahead of myself mm-hmm. well, That'll do us for last week I've been absolutely delighted to the two years on it's been great really enjoyed it well, well, thanks for having us on, Scott. Well, Appreciate that. We'll be back, we'll be back again much, next week to dissect the Cup semi-finals and we'll be looking at Rangers against Kilmarnock. We'll be joined by a special guest as well. I'll announce later in the week, but I'm delighted to say that was that's us for this week. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. <laughs>